0: We've been doing this series, I Love My Church, and today we're going to be looking at the fact that this group of people that got so touched by the Holy Spirit there in in Acts chapter 2, they did so many things that came out of their spirit to do them. And I think it's very, really important as we we look at the early church, uh, we can learn from them Uh, some things that they did. And maybe we'll start with rote memory. They did it. Maybe we should do it. But if it doesn't change into your spirit, where you begin to buy it, you begin to believe it, you'll not keep it. So in my life, I've seen the power of the word of God uh, working when myself and others would commit to trust God's promises and walk in the principles he lays out. One of the areas that took me a while to grasp was in the area of money and giving to God. Now, let me pause here before I go on with my introduction and say this, that I learned to tithe as a small child. Uh, Mom and dad taught us kids that, that you give to the Lord the first fruits, you give to God 10%. So... So when we'd have a, a part-time job or something when we're young, we tithe, we learn to tithe. But I didn't understand there's so much more bonus than just out of obedience tithing and out of maybe a commitment, uh, but there's more that God has for us in this area. Uh, it didn't seem logical that I could actually set in motion blessings to others and myself by being financially generous. I began obeying God and discovered that God treats our generosity as seed. That's what clicked in my mind, because I know that every farmer up in Walla Walla and the Dalles, when they're planting wheat, not one farmer says, "Doggone it, I lost so many bushels of wheat." They never see planting as anything but an investment into the harvest. When I began to see that my 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 tithing and my above tithing generosity was being, watch this, returned to me. I've seen that tithing gets returned within the same month and my above giving gets returned to where that, that the upswing eclipses the cost of my giving just as a bountiful harvest allows a farmer to pay his income maybe build another silo, get more tractors, etc. Farmers don't look at planting seed as being something negative. And people that understand God's way of, of business, they began to learn that. That's what began to happen in my life. That I began to obey God and discovered that God treats our generosity of seed and returns the seed and much more seed in and through the harvest. The early church was a generous and sharing bunch We're gonna take a peek at scripture. I'm gonna read the uh, capstone scriptures that we've been working from, and then Kim is gonna handle a, a quick picture of generosity in the Old Testament. In Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47, it says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. That's what I'm ha- hoping will hit you, so by time I come by your table at the picnic, Give it up, man. <laughs> give, give up the hamburger. Give up the steak. Don't, don't hoard it. Okay. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wow. So just uh, recap, verse 44 and 45. They met together in one place and shared everything they had. I've seen that happen at Joy. I've seen people... Yeah. Uh, bring other people into their business, train them. I know we've trained a number of people that have gone on to other positions. It should be. We should be an equipping, training, loving, sharing group of people and a good place to land. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Can you give us a little bit of background on the Old Testament and Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's interesting because financial generosity has been historic from the Old Testament on. And I think sometimes we, we don't think about that as New Testament believers, but when you look, and I was as I was reflecting on this, even at creation, God created the world with great generosity. You know, He could have made one kind of fruit, He could have made one kind of animal but instead there was an abundance and we get to share that right all the different abundance and that is really in the heart of God a heart of generosity a heart of abundance and those he created those that responded to him those that followed him had that same spirit you can follow the life of Abraham you can look at Moses you can look at so many of the Old Testament patriarchs and you see just a great generosity in the way that they lived a couple of interesting notes, in the in the time when they were actually building the tabernacle, the children of Israel were asked to bring um, things to, to build the temple, gold and silver and all kinds of different things. It's interesting, they gave so much that the leaders actually had to tell Moses, you've got to tell them to stop because there's so much coming in that we can't even use it that's amazing. We haven't had that happen yet at Joy. Looking forward to that day. But but it was just exciting. They were so generous. And then when you get to David, he was not able to build the first temple. His son was going to be doing that. But he cared so much. And we're going to read the scripture in just a minute for God's house. that he gathered, I believe Pastor Steve said in the first uh, service, about a billion dollars worth. Is that correct? worth of gold and silver and and different things to build the temple and we see his heart if you look with me at first chronicles 29 verse 3 it says this moreover because i have set my affection on the house of god i've set my affection on the house of god i've given to the house of my god over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver, because of his affection for the house. And that's what God wants to get into our spirit as we look at God's house, an affection for his house that overflows in generosity. Discipline giving uh, the tithe was encouraged with promises attached. And we're going to read one more Old Testament scripture, and then I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Steve. But this this discipline kind of giving, where they gave 10% and then actually gave over and above that. It was encouraged in the Old Testament, and then promises were attached. And we're going to see that in Malachi. Let's read it together. You don't have to read out loud, but we'll read together. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse. This passage comes right after God had spoken through the prophet that his people were literally robbing him. And his people are like, how have we robbed you, God? And he said, because you didn't bring your tithes. You didn't bring your offerings. And so then this, command was given, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And I love this. This is the first and maybe the only time in the Bible where God basically says, put me to the test. I like to say, he said, I double dog dare you to test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And then look what happens. He says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. When we get excited and we get into this area of giving, not only is there a blessing attached, but there's the blessing that he literally rebukes the devourer for our sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of our ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. That's pretty exciting. And that's, that's just a, a snapshot, a very small snapshot, into some of the Old Testament history and scriptures on giving.
0: Wow. And the last verse in that portion, you want to read that? Verse 12?
1: The pop up. There it is. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts.
0: Wow. Awesome. So we see that, that in the Old Testament, there was mandated tithes. Uh, basically, if you looked at the three tithes that were taken in the Old Testament, you had 10%, which was right to the temple. You had 10%, which was your vacation tithe. Many of us uh, would really enjoy this. Um, and I, I, I think we're working on that one, too, trying to get vacations. But 10% was for you to go three times a year to Jerusalem to the feast. And then there was every third year, there was a third tithe, which went to the poor Levites and the poor of the land, as well as a lot of instructions in Israel. Don't, don't glean your fields too close to the corners. Leave a swath for the poor people to have something that they can gather and so the real generous guys, they'd leave a big swath around their fields and they would trust God. So we see that in the Old Testament, uh, the tithe was uh, encouraged or under the law of Moses, it was actually commanded. The tithing principle of the 10th actually uh, preceded the, the law of Moses. It was there with uh, Jacob. It was also with Abraham. And so this concept of the first and best of everything we have should be God's we should give our whole life to God not not give the last 10% of our life but we give all that we have to God now in the New Testament the giving is different Uh, just to give you a little backdrop oh several months ago a young couple professionals college educated career uh, young young adults came and they said are you serious about about uh, for the dream team that you really expect people to tithe. And uh, so I frittered around with uh, Old Testament stuff and and it's tied in the New Testament. It says that Melchizedek, or Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, you know, uh, to, to Levi through Melchizedek and this and that. Um, and so we find that the tithe is brought in in the New Testament, but it's not mandated. And so... Um, I left the conversation. I thought, I need to double down on my study of, of tithing because something's funky about fighting over giving a small portion of your income to the Lord. There's something funky if we use an Old Testament model. And then it, it dawned on me that, that everything that is in the New Testament, if you look at the book of Hebrews, it says better covenant, better promises, uh, better, better, better. Hebrews is the book of betters, how the New Covenant is better. But the New Covenant is also more demanding. In the Old, old Covenant, don't, don't commit adultery. New, new uh, Covenant or the New Testament, don't look on a woman in order to lust after her. Uh, in the Old Covenant, uh, don't, don't kill, don't murder. New Covenant, don't look on your brother with hatred in, in your heart. Also, the New Testament has some really bad commands like, like this one, it might take you a week or two to accomplish. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, and strength. How many think that's going to take a couple weeks? Uh, how about this one? Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, why does God give us these high, top cabin commands that only he can do? It's because he wants us, in grace, to say, that's where I'm headed. I want to be as mature as my Father in heaven is mature. I want, oh, here's another one. Love one another as I have loved you. (laughs) He laid his life down for us. I'm not sure I want to buy you a a Costco dog from time to time. (laughs) Now, that's metaphorical because, you know, individually I love you, and you're not the one I'm talking about. It's George Hilton I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> just teasing. And so we have these commandments in the, in the New Testament that are, are wow. So I began to look at what, what led off New Testament giving. Well, God gave his best to save us. His only begotten son, John 3.16. That was a pretty big offering that was more than a tithe. <laughs> yeah. That was more than 20, 23 and a third percent. Right. Oh, by the way, Jesus gave all. He gave his life. That's more than 10%. It's more than 50%. It's 100%. The widow in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, she gave all of her livelihood. And this is the funny thing about the Bible. The Bible at times is boring with crud you don't care about, like Levi Tix. How many of you have ever heard of Levi Tix? It's one of the books of the Bible. Leviticus. Okay, you read Leviticus, and I don't care about leprosy and scabs on someone's head. I wonder what happened to this widow. She gave everything. And Jesus goes, hey, she gave everything. You know what I really believe happened? I believe Jesus went like this, father. Send a detachment of angels. Hook a sister up. Yeah, amen. Give her everything she needs. That's right. I do not believe that she died. No. Because if you take conventional thinking, she gave all, she went off and died somewhere. Just like that widow that, that God said to Elijah, I've commanded a, woman, a widow in order to take care of you. She didn't know it. She thought she's having her last supper. Yeah. And yet the Lord spoke through Elijah, said, if you'll make a meal and, and use your oil... And, and feed me first. This sounds like a preacher, doesn't it? Then your oil's not going to run out. Your meal's not going to go dry. And she had an abundance. Yeah, amen. So we see this concept in the New Testament that, that how many people did Jesus say, you really want to follow me? Leave what you're doing right now. Right. So yeah. Peter, James, and John, they boogied from their nets. They left their fishing business and followed Levi left his money changing table and followed. And the people that flunked God 101 were like the rich young ruler. You want to be mature, you want to be complete? Give all that you have to the poor and walk with me. So all of a sudden I'm I'm getting my mind renewed with I'm gonna change how I talk about giving, New Testament style. And so then, then we see that Barnabas who became uh, Paul's right-hand guy, he sold some land and he, and he laid it at the apostles' feet. And that one Kim and I can relate to because back, if you go straight out the door, there's an extra little plot of ground there that we have the trailers on. And that, that plot of land was given by Kim and I to the church because you know when we first were negotiating on this building, there was an extra piece of property that the former church had owned, and, and, and we didn't see it as needful for the, the church. So the, one of the original associates and I bought it together. And when we went our ways, I said, uh, my first name Bob, I said, Bob, um, all I want is, is when you sell the property, just give me the back lot. So at the time, it was about $8,000 in value. Now it would be, let's say, $60,000. Well, this was going on all the time in the New Testament. They're, they're given property, they're given things, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But now we need a code. How many of you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord? So I found this, that the number one expert on Jesus is guess who? Jesus. Jesus. This is one of those questions in Sunday school that actually is Jesus. You know, The number one expert on Jesus is Jesus. He says it like it is. And Luke chapter 12, the portion that we're going to start with, is not the, the, the portion that it begins with on finances. The first is, is that two brothers came disputing over their inheritance, and, and the Lord said to them that your life does not consist in the abundance of things that you possess. Be careful and wary of covetousness. And so then we get into the portion that I'm going to read and we're going to illustrate. In Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, it says, Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? You didn't see them as gods or anyone else. They're my, my money, my precious. So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool. I, I, there's a lot of things that I don't want to do in life. But one of them I don't want to do in afterlife is have God call me a fool. Right. No,
1: I don't want to be called.
0: Fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself. How many of you know I always mispronounce the word self? I like it like, like a hillbilly. Him, Seth. Storing up treasure for him, Seth. I'm just taking care of myself. I find that even among Christians, people. Sometimes people, well, Jesus gets my soul. I've given my soul to Jesus. What about your pocketbook? No, that's my money. I've got to take care of myself. Well, not if you're trusting in the Lord and he's feeding you daily. Not if he's the one that gives you the education and he gives you the ability to make money. See, some, some guys that make their money with their brains and, 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 and so forth, you may feel, I'm just so smart, I'm doing this myself. No, Let me just say this, God could have not made you as, as clever or as good a singer or as good of an athlete. Everybody needs to honor the Lord, whether they're saved or unsaved. But the, the bad thing is to, to lay up treasure for yourself. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, I've been waiting to teach this. I call it p- pay, potatoes and prosperity. My lovely assistant is going to help me to understand, because when this young man and his wife asked me, do you really intend to ask us to give 10%? And like for me, it's like, duh. You know, you can't imitate someone's faith if you don't know how they run. After the tithe, one of the, one of the, the monthly gifts that Kim and I give as we go towards our second tithe and beyond is... For years, we give like either $400 or $500 a month. After we tithe, we're not tithing at it. After we tithe, boom, $400. Next month, boom, $400. Well, what happens if you have medical things? What's that got to do with consistency? What happens if, 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 if people leave the church? What's that got to do with Consistency. What happens if you got a funky, bad attitude? What's that got to do with consistency? Right. As long as there's a need for young people to get saved, then we are going to, above the tithe, we're going to be generous because we want to get up into New Testament tithing. Okay, let's hold these up. So there are 10 potatoes, right? What do the potatoes represent? They represent one-tenth of your, 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 your income. Some people make 30000 a month. They don't go to this church. Okay. Um, <laughs> some people make 3000 a month. Yet. Not yet. Not until you get, uh, understand this and you might be the person. That's right. Okay, 10%. So you take, you take uh, if your household income is $5,000 a month, which is uh, not too difficult for a couple of professionals, uh, 5,000 a month, you divide that by 10. 500 a month. That's just, that's just want to pull one out? That's the Lord's potato. That's the tithe. Now, that's not getting towards what, what, what really is, is Jesus' ideal. Because Jesus said, be perfect, love each other as I've loved you. And, and, and he gives us things that really, really make us feel Shallow. Let's let's just pretend. Let's just do it God's way. There's Lord's potato, his second potato, his third potato, his fourth potato, his fifth potato, and if Kim cuts that in half, yeah, yeah go ahead. No, oh, I'm sorry. He's got to have six, right? Or a half? Yeah, okay, that's half. Okay, now I've started to really come into compliance with New Testament. Now I'm being rich towards God and not me. Is anybody like me falling short of the New Testament standard? I will never teach giving the old way. From now on, I'll be teaching it this way. We're not in the Old Testament. We're in the New so, why do we teach tithing? Tithing is a trainer. Because it, rather than get into some weird matrix, we feel that many people need a starter spot where they can say, and, and, and we understand that many of you haven't had faith yet. Mm-hmm. If you believe that Jesus is going to take you home to be with him forever, it takes a lot of Faith. You ever seen a dead person? They don't look that lively. <laughs> and we go to Christian funerals. We believe that God takes them to be in heaven eternally. Right. And, 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 and so what I would like him to do is to, let's cut uh, one of the potatoes up into 10 parts. How many of you, this is, You've never heard this before, have you? (laughs) Anybody out there? You have never heard this taught this way ever before, have you? Okay, because I've never heard anyone talk this. This came from meditation. Okay. So now, here is, out of ten potatoes, uh, nine potatoes here, that's all for me. But some people might say well i really need 97% of my my money cuz after all it's my money now i want to just ask you this if someone was going to go and do a meal and say i really want it i want to feed you up i want you to be so blessed and here's what i'm going to scarf down my precious We're going to do fried potatoes with these, and there's yours. I hope you feel blessed. (laughs) Come on now. Don't shout me down because I look cute today. I
1: took the knife away from you. You're getting scary.
0: Okay. She does love me. That was just a test of the emergency broadcast system. Anybody flowing with what I'm saying here? I think at Joy, when we say, hey, just start with the tithe and work up, we should never have that discussion again, should we? Because how low can we get? This one's not even a full tenth. What does this say? This says, I don't trust God at all with my finances. Huh? Huh? This says, I've got my ears closed. Because when you begin to, by faith, say, Lord, it's my privilege to offer you the tithe. Lord, I'm entering into a partnership. Lest you think that this is impossible. Oh, Kim is reminding me of the good part. This this message gets better. When you begin to rebuke the devourer, so many people have wasted money. It seems like you can't get ahead. Every time you try to get ahead, you're behind. It's because you don't have the favor of God blowing on your cash. You know, Pastor Aaron just got a, a crazy deal on a house. He and Danny put the Lord first. And, and you will, well, it could have been a coincidence. How come coincidence always seemed to happen to people who practice righteousness and generosity? And bad, funky garbage always hits people who are stingy and think they're, they're, they're throwing one by somebody. I don't know about you, I'd rather be with the coincidence group. Yeah. Could have been a coincidence, probably not. Now, what happens, the Bible teaches, and this is where people will take a shot. Oh, you one of Health wealth churches, well, I'm sure not into sickness and, and debt. But what happens is when your spirit's right, and you say, Lord, I know that right now, all my giving, I'm not at 51%. Though Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose-Filled Life, paid back his church for all the years they paid him. He gives 90% of his income 90% of his income every year to God. He lives on 10%, and he lives in the same house he, he and Kay lived in, because they said this. They saw the money coming, and they said, we will not w- let wealth ruin us. Let me tell you something. He, he has been at the, at the um, inauguration of a few presidents, and a lot of the Hollywood people who understand what hypocrisy and prostitution is all about, they want to meet with him secretly because that's what a man of God looks like. Not a guy that like, I'm rich towards myself. Man, you give to me and you're going to get the double-double and the triple-triple. Come on now. Watch out for these offerings where someone's trying to tell you that it's a miracle way to get a lot of money without working. No, it's not. But it is, it is harvest and it's seed. And when you begin to be generous, th- th- throw a few more potatoes on there. Yeah, yeah, just down. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need more potatoes that we can cut up. Yeah, here's more potatoes. All of a sudden, let's, let's look at this. God begins to bless you. Let's say you make 100000 a year and you give 10% of that to the Lord. Okay, that means that you're down to 90. Some of you are saying, smite me with that. Okay. But let's say that you practice generosity and you go above the tithe, and pretty soon would you prefer to pay 10% of 100,000 or would you rather pay 20% of 200? Because if you pay 20% of 200, you're paying $40,000 given to the Lord, returning to the Lord, sowing And you you still get 160. How many of you know that 160 is a lot better than 90? And if God causes your income to go to half a million a year, and you're giving 30%, so that means that you are giving $150,000 a year to God, but you're getting $350,000 that God keeps increasing you. This is why those that get caught with the generosity bug, we're not, we're, we are not, we're not upset. For a great number of years, we would look at the, when we'd have guest speakers, we would look at, at the giving and Kim and I, many, many, for years, we'd give 10% of whatever went to that guest speaker. 10%, that meant the whole rest of the church gave 90%. Now what I wanna say is this, I'm not up here to brag, I'm not up here to blow smoke. I'm up here to help you win the game, because because generosity produces the blessing of God, and and the early church had the blessing of God, and 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 so uh, is it time up?
1: Five minutes of your.
0: Let's be generous. Let me read one last thing. (laughs) I'm kind of on a roll. You know what I'm saying? Good. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy with the small chunk of potato. Okay, let me sit down. All right. The goal of, of our generosity in the house of the Lord is to spread the gospel and to experience God's commitment to multiplying our seed. Let, let's look at some scriptures, and we're going to end on this with some application. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 12 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's why when Kim and I give, we're always happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's out of our hand now. But we're not sitting there going, oh man, we never declare our giving a sacrifice. Because a sacrifice killed and never comes back. We always say we're sowing seed. That's right. Seed. So whether it's to Mexico or it's to India, if we give money, it's not lost. It's just temporarily out of our hand. Which means we'll manage what's still there a little bit better. And then when it comes back in, guess what? We've got a total bunch of benefits. Yeah, and so it says here that uh, we, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. What does that mean? That God lines up all kinds of good things to hit you with. Yeah. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. Say all sufficiency,
1: all sufficiency
0: in all things. In all things. Uh, let's list some things. Enough money for health care. Yeah. Enough money to educate your children. Enough money to, to actually pay for your own funeral. Yeah. Enough money to not be on the side of the road saying, traveling, need gas money. Okay, all things to me means yeah, all things. Good. That God has been gracious to Kim and I. He's been gracious to Joy. We don't have a sugar daddy organization that kicks down money. Guess what? It's funded by people like you and I yeah. who catch the vision. Having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Every time the bucket's passed here, we try to, to uh, put money in or push pay It may not be a lot of money, but why? Because that's the promise of God. You're going to have an abundance for every good work. Some good works get more money. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. This verse needs to be underlined. Now may he who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the bread. Right? Right? And You can't multiply the bread except in supernatural miracles like the, the loaves and fishes. Yeah. For you to work the principle, you need God to multiply seed you've sown, yeah. not seed you've thought about. Lord, you know that deep inside my mind, I'm going to be generous someday in the millennium, and I want you to, to give me money now. It doesn't work that way. He will multiply the seed you're actually sowing. That's good. May he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Wow. I think it would be cool to see uh, those who have the gift of giving in the house. And that's a specific gift. I, I would love to see some of you, your businesses and things, just end up just multimillion-dollar ventures Amen. because your heart's right.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: For some people, if your heart's not right towards money, then you're just going to be more like Gollum and Schmeagel. My precious. Right. So, so we have to have our spirit cleansed by God yeah. in anything. But I, I, I've i been around guys that, that, that they they just do wonderful things in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And they're very, very quiet about it. They're yeah. not trying to get their name in bronze. They just handle it. So the, the applications mm-hmm. says this, will I live a life of financial generosity to God in his house? That, that's a personal choice. Yeah. Will I? And, and even if your mate's not there, you can say, that's not my heart, Lord. I, I choose to be abundant. Because it's got to start with, with one. Hopefully it's both. Yeah. My wife and I are in agreement on our giving. Yeah. We have a little thing. If, if, if one says a little bit more in an offering, then that's where we go. Be, which means always her. Okay. Number two, will I avoid being stingy with God but rich toward myself? What, what, what new toys are you getting for yourself? And I can't give because I had to take care of self. That's, that's part of the bad stuff. Right. Number three, will I watchfully observe God's faithfulness to multiply, to multiply the seed that I've planted? Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so finally, can we make the third declaration today? Because I love my church, I will be a person who is financially generous to God's house and his people. Mm. Now. Amen. For, for grace, for those of you who have always felt a spirit of lack, always felt like you needed everything you could make plus some, I think that, I think that God would honor you if you would begin to say, Lord, I'm, I'm the small potato guy right now. But by faith, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a giver in your house. Amen. And I'm praying, Lord, that my spirit will be such that at some point I will be so prospered that I'll be 51-plus percent giving to God. That's Kim in my heart. Yeah. We're, we're, we're about 22% plus reducing, done Dave Ramsey, reducing debt like crazy. We're able to, able to sow 22% into the work of God. And, and you know what we do? We have to hold back sometimes because we want to pledge more. We want to do more. It's in our heart. Someday we may be asked to lay our life down as martyrs. And a great number of people have done that. 20 young Coptic Christians kneeled down while singing hymns and had their throats slit by ISIS. Yeah. But they gave it all. They gave their whole yeah. life to Jesus. Amen. But so our finances show us a picture of our heart. And so we want to make sure that we do that. That's awesome. So can we say that? Because I love my church, I will be a person who is financially generous to God's house and his people. Yeah. Let's say all those. How many of you can say, I can do that? Yeah, I can amen. That. That's beautiful, 12 of us. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's all stand up. We're going to do all of them. Because I love my, my church,
1: church,
0: I will, I will commit, commit to show up, step up,
1: and, and speak, speak well of my, my church, church community.
0: community. I will, it will be, be a, a person of prayer, the word, word and, and worship. worship. I will, I will be, be a, a person who, who is financially generous, generous to God's house and, and his, his people. people. Wow. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you'd pour out your grace yes, on everyone.
1: Yes, God. Thank Lord, you. Lord, those
0: of us who've been, who've been <coughs> bit by the generosity bug, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to help everyone in that category yes, God, to that see grace, God, debt reduced and uh, all encumbrances <laughs> to just more and more generosity happen. Lord, I see you multiplying money for a great number of people. I hear these testimonies all the time. Lord, I pray for those that are battling. Lord, today wasn't a beat-up message. It was, it was to say that we want everybody to enjoy the commonwealth. And the commonwealth of the kingdom starts with generosity. started with your generosity. And you want us to show that we're generous back. And Lord, I come against that spirit that would deceive anyone yes, and make them feel that they're, they're getting by with something when they steal from you. But Lord, I pray that we would continue to be sons and daughters of the living God, not only in our faith for, for your second coming, but also your faith in, in coming to us in the middle of our finances as we live our lives in real time. Help your people, Lord. Yes to be good stewards of our money, of our resource, of our time. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. While your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, I just want to give uh, a greater invitation. And this is the invitation to come and know God. Week after week, people come into the house here, and they feel like their life is out of compliance with the Lord. They just feel like there's something funky and, and there's doom ahead and they're not, they're not crazy for feeling that. The Bible does teach us that we won't perish if we call on Jesus. So it does mean there's gonna be perishing and there's gonna be um, a bad end to those that don't become a part of your family. So the Bible said that God gave the son Jesus that whoever would believe on him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. And so we call this joining God. The Lord has done everything he could do to join you. He created the heavens and the earth. He created you. He's sent his spirit to bring you to the Father. And today you have that opportunity. For every one of you that say, I want to join God. I want to be a child of God. I want to be in his family. Just raise your hand so we can see who's here. And you're saying, man, I want in. I want in. I see that hand. Let's see, any other hands? Hallelujah. Get your hands up, guys and girls. Let's do it. There's more. Okay, a couple hands. Hallelujah. We're going to pray right now. And pray this prayer by faith. We all pray it together. How many of you like being able to ask Jesus in your life every week? I do. Because I mean it every week. I, I want him to be my Lord and Savior. And this is what you do to first connect with the Lord and then afterwards the mc is going to share with you how to follow up a little bit let's all pray this dear father, dear father i thank you, thank you that you are the king of the universe you are the king of the universe you created the heavens and the earth you're awfully big you're awfully big but for some reason you want me you want me i hear your voice god
1: i hear your voice god
0: and i want to remind you of what you said <laughs> You said in Romans.
1: You said in Romans,
0: that whoever would call on the name of the Lord would he, be saved. Whoever
1: would call on the name of the Lord would be saved.
0: I'm calling today, Father. I'm
1: calling today.
0: Father. I need your salvation. I
1: need your salvation.
0: You also said in Romans.
1: You also said in Romans,
0: that whoever would call on the name of the Lord,
1: whoever would call the name of the Lord
0: would not be ashamed. Take away my shame. I want to be in your family. I want
1: to be in your family.
0: I trust.
1: <clears throat> I trust
0: that Jesus blood.
1: That Jesus blood
0: pays for all my sins. Pays for
1: all my sins.
0: If you'll be my God.
1: If you'll be my God.
0: I'll be your servant. I'll
1: be your servant.
0: If you'll be my father.
1: Be my father.
0: I'll be your child. I'll be your child. I receive you this day, <laughs> dear Father, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.